We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome into the LakersNation.com live post-game show. The Lakers fall to the Toronto Raptors 126 to 113. And I say Lakers in the loosest terms possible. No LeBron James tonight. No Anthony Davis. Not even a Patrick Beverly or a Wenyan Gabriel out there for the Lakers in this one. Clearly, the Lakers decided to uh, lose this battle in order to potentially win the war, to live to fight another day. The Lakers will get ready for Friday's game. In Philly, opting to rest LeBron James in this one. Anthony Davis still sick. Uh, Darvin Ham told us after last night's game against the Cavs that AD had a temperature that was over 101 degrees. So hopefully he is feeling better in time for Friday's game uh, against the 76ers. And with AD out, kind of understand what the Lakers were thinking when they decided, you know what, second night of a back-to-back, LeBron's ankle's been bugging him. AD's not playing Let's let's go ahead and rest LeBron and see what we can do there to get him back to 100%. You look at the road trip right now, too. The Lakers, as of this point, they're now 2-2 two and two on the road trip. You've got a game coming up against Detroit. Uh, first, got to play Philly, but you finish things out with Detroit. So that should give you a good opportunity to at least be 500 to finish the road trip. If you can get a win in Philly on Friday, that puts you at 4-2 and two on the trip. Even if you're 500 on the trip, you, you feel pretty good coming out of this road trip with that record. So I can understand what the Lakers were thinking, but nonetheless, it didn't make for a super enjoyable basketball game in in this one. There were some moments we got to see extended minutes for Damian Jones. We got to see extended minutes uh, for Thomas Bryant. Dennis Schroeder got to play a little bit more unusual. You got to see um, Juan Descano-Anderson play. Unfortunately, got hurt uh, in this one, turned his ankle. We'll see what the prognosis is on him. But we got to see a bit more of the other guys but it didn't always make for pretty basketball. And the Raptors were pretty much in cruise control for most of the game. We were hoping that maybe we would get that kind of thing that happens sometimes where a team sees that their opponent doesn't have their stars. They take the foot off the gas. And next thing you know, wind up with a much closer game than you would have expected. But that was not the case here in large part, because in order to get that kind of an an upset upset in the making, um, the team that's missing their star has to have stars has to have some of their other players really step up and have big, efficient games. And the Lakers just didn't do that. 43% from the field, 21% from three. That's not good enough to give the Raptors any kind of a real run. Uh, Toronto didn't shoot that great themselves, just 28% from three. 
but they were clearly the better team out there with the Lakers missing both LeBron and AD in addition to other rotation players. 17 offensive rebounds for the Raptors was a big, big problem and something the Lakers will have to look at moving forward that has to get cleaned up whether LeBron and AD are on the floor or not. But nonetheless, it was pretty clear the, La the Raptors were just the better squad in this one. Let me get into some of your questions and comments. By the way, before I do, if you guys have not gone over to the Apple podcast uh, feed and left a five-star rating and review, certainly would appreciate it. It's a great and easy way to help out the show. Love reading all the reviews that come in there. It takes like 20 seconds to go in and do that. So we'd certainly appreciate it if you guys would give us that review over on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Kyle Hampton says, well, flush that one onto Philly. Yeah, it kind of felt like this was a scheduled loss for the Lakers, right? Second night of a back-to-back -back on the road. It's one of my least favorite things about the NBA is that you wind up with games like this, where it's the second night. Look, a back-to-back -back is tough enough as it is, but second night of a back-to-back -back on the road where you're traveling between, that may, I mean, that's just absolutely brutal. Um, it's different if, you're, if both games are in the same place, like we saw in San Antonio, back-to-back -back in San Antonio. Okay, you're already there. You just go back to your hotel. You get to sleep. You don't have to go travel. In this case, the, the Lakers play a game against the Cavs, a tough game. They lose Anthony Davis. Um, after just eight minutes, he's sick and he can't continue playing. So guys are logging heavy minutes that might not have otherwise. You play that game. You go through all your post-game stuff. Then you go get on another plane. You fly to Toronto and you have to play the Raptors less than 24 hours later. That doesn't give you much time to recover or anything. And so... Um, Again, I think that feeds into also why the Lakers made the decision to rest LeBron was, you know what? This is kind of a loss that we had just penciled in on the schedule because we wound up with the second night of a back-to-back. -back. I wish there was a way to avoid these. I know that it's just kind of the way it goes with the NBA schedule, but those are difficult situations to be in. And so I think the Lakers just said, you know what? We won that game in Milwaukee. Let's see if we can get guys rested up and healthy for the game against Philly. And uh, let's rest some people tonight against um, the Raptors. Downside of this, the Raptors didn't get to see LeBron. You know, Toronto fans didn't get to see LeBron, didn't get to see AD. If you're a Lakers fan in Toronto and you've spent a lot of money to go to that game, you're probably disappointed. That's the downside of um, this type of thing. But I understand, too, why the Lakers did what they did. And look, if they win Friday in Philly, maybe it was the right decision. Uh, Co-op said, small sample size of what a rebuild would look like. Yeah, not, not that, um, not that far off, really, right? I mean, typically with a a rebuild, you've got so a couple of draft picks in there that you're kind of you're looking for a spark from certain players, but this is pretty rough in terms of who the Lakers had out on the floor and what they could produce and everything. Um, yeah, not not necessarily a fun experience in this one would have liked to have seen the Lakers make a run maybe try to surprise the Raptors at least keep things a little bit closer but uh the three-point shooting prevented them from doing that sealed bean said I would have liked to see Russ handling more tonight yeah Russell Westbrook didn't get super involved um in this game in terms of just handling the basketball and trying to take things over he did finish with 16 points nine boards 13 shot attempts but uh like Lonnie Walker had more shot attempts than Russell Westbrook did. Kendrick Nunn took as many shots as Russell Westbrook did. That, that probably shouldn't happen. Five turnovers, though, for Russ. Nine boards, three assists. But the most important thing from this game, once they decided LeBron and AD are out, the most important thing was the main guys need to get out healthy. And I think, aside from JTA, 
they accomplished that. Russell Westbrook, would I like to see him a little bit more involved in this one? Yes, but I don't know that it really changes the outcome here. Uh, Pythoras said uh, it was an expected loss. I'm surprised we didn't lose by more than 20 points. The line was 12 and a half heading into the game. The line, it was uh, the Raptors minus nine. And then when it was revealed that LeBron wasn't playing, it went to minus 12 and a half and the Lakers lost by 13. That was the line. Um, it's a tough road trip. Hopefully we can get back um, the momentum by Friday night. Yeah, if you win Friday in Philly and then you win uh, on Sunday in Detroit, you're feeling really good. You went four and two on the road trip. Like I know in the moment, back-to-back -back losses, that feels bad. But if at the end of the road trip, the dust settles and they went four and two on it, you're feeling really good. Even if they went three and three, it's not an easy road trip and you'd feel pretty good about that. And then you can move forward from there. So I think that's where we need to kind of focus for this. It's easy to get wrapped up in, man, that was not a fun game to watch. That was a difficult watch. There were a lot of free throws too. So it was really a grind watching this game. Like it felt like the clock wasn't quite moving fast enough. Uh, wasn't pretty basketball. We saw them lose last night to the Cavs and AD was sick. And so you didn't get to see him play much. So it's been a frustrating couple of days, but again, when you step back and you look at the big picture and you see a win over the Bucks, um, they get the win in Washington. If you can bookend it with a couple of wins as well, you feel pretty good coming out of the road trip overall. So that's going to be the important thing here for the Lakers is figure out a way to get the win on Friday in Philly. Not saying that's easy. That's not easy at all. Especially, I talked about this on the pregame video. If the Lakers were playing, went on this East Coast trip a week and a half ago, they would have been playing the Cavs without Jared Allen, the Raptors without Pascal Siakam, and the 76ers without Embiid, Harden, or Maxi. A little bit different. <laughs> a little bit different of a stretch. Um, in this case, the, the 76ers will still not have Maxi, uh, but Embiid and Harden should be a go against the Lakers on Friday. Um, just unfortunate timing there, or unlucky timing, I suppose, for the Lakers. Meanwhile, you got, you know, the Raptors got, we're fortunate they get, and the Cavs, they get the Lakers when Anthony Davis is sick instead of when Anthony Davis is destroying worlds. So sometimes you see things that impact stuff, impact the, uh, the final win total on the season like that. Mamba mentality said note to Rob six to seven to six, eight wings change the tra trajectory of a shot. This is true, particularly when they're closing out on a guard, when you've got guys who are lanky, can reach and can affect the shot makes a difference. Um, I know the name that's out there. It's Cam Reddish. The word has been kind of brewing for the last few days and really came out today that, yeah, the Knicks are looking to move Cam Reddish. Um, they are going to move on from him. They're working with his representation, which happens to be Clutch Sports, to find a new home for him. Given that he's a Clutch Sports client, you would have to imagine that the Lakers will get involved in the talks. But, like, Lakers fans are clamoring for Cam Reddish for a few, for a few reasons. Uh, he's 6'8", number one. He's a 6'8 wing, fairly athletic. Okay, he was a high draft pick, so people remember the name. Plus, he's the one that got away. The Lakers tried to trade for him last year at the trade deadline in the Taylor Horton-Tucker trade, and it fell apart because of Toronto and New York squabbling over draft picks and, and things like that. So that's what, what cost them getting Cam Reddish last year. So there's that side to it too. So for those three reasons, Lakers fans are kind of kind of high on Cam Reddish. So let's go get this guy. And, and oh, like, can we make this trade? I've heard a lot of that today. Um, Cam Reddish is out of the Knicks rotation for a reason though. He hasn't been playing great. His defensive numbers don't look good. He's not shooting the ball particularly well. And that said, 
He's a six, eight wing with potential with upside. And if you told me you can get Cam Reddish without having to give up much, if we're talking a second round pick, yeah, he's worth taking a flyer on. No question. This Lakers team needs wings and Cam Reddish is talented. However, let me say this. I know we're going to get more questions on him, but big picture. My only concern with a Cam Reddish trade is the trade that makes the most sense just on paper in terms of making the math work. It's Kendrick Nunn and like a second rounder for Cam Reddish, right? Like that, that makes it in terms of just expiring salary for expiring salary. The Knicks pick up a second round pick for their troubles because Cam at least has some upside fits a need for the Lakers. There you go, right? That makes some sense. But the problem is the Lakers on the trade front, we keep hearing more and more that a Russell Westbrook trade probably isn't the route that they're going to go. Not now that Russ has been a fairly positive factor off the bench for them. Instead, we're going to see expiring contracts traded with maybe one future first round pick. Woj said today that the Lakers won't deal both future first unless they're getting a star back and that that's probably not super likely. So you're going to need most likely a salary to add to Patrick Beverly's. Patrick Beverly's only making 13 million. Now, if Kyle Kuzma winds up being the guy, which he's going to have several teams after him, but if he winds up being the guy, okay, great. 13 million will get it done. You can get Kyle Kuzma. But a $13 million expiring contract to Patrick Beverly isn't enough to get some of the other guys they might be looking at, like a Boyan Bogdanovich, who's going to be up around 20. If you want to get up into that 20 million range, and that's going to be one of your, your targets is somebody in, in the $20 million range, you kind of need Kendrick Nunn's contract to attach to Patrick Beverly's. And so you can get a deal done that way. So that's the challenge. You've got to be careful if you're the Lakers, if the opportunity comes up to swap Kendrick Nunn for Cam Reddish, I think it's a great idea. I'm not against it. I think you do it if you can get it done for a second rounder. If it's a first, you hang up the phone immediately. But if it's a second rounder, sure. The problem, though, is what's the opportunity cost? And that's something you have to consider if you're Rob Palenka. What opportunity are you missing out on that you might be able to get if you can combine Kendrick Nunn and Patrick Beverly's contracts? Does that get you to a higher level player? That is the key piece here. It's not is a deal based around Cam Reddish and Kendrick Nunn worth it? I think it is. If you're going to gamble on something, especially for this Lakers team, gamble on a wing. In a vacuum, that's worth it. But the question is, what's the opportunity cost? Losing out on having Kendrick Nunn's $5 million, $5.2 million of expiring salary to combine with Patrick Beverly's $13 million, that's where things get a little bit more iffy on whether or not the Lakers should actually try to go get Cam Reddish. All right. Uh, Jared Nunez, this game should be pressured to trade Beverly and none. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point, though, here. From, from this Raptors game, you can say the Lakers, pretty clearly, their other guys aren't that good if LeBron and AD aren't, aren't on the floor. Now, there's more nuance to this, right? Because if you just remove, you just take the stars out that have kind of been propping everything up, well, these guys aren't used to playing without LeBron and AD. I mean, this... This team was built to play with LeBron and AD, and the roster construction is not perfect. That's not what I'm saying. But these guys are used to playing with LeBron and AD. Suddenly, those guys are gone. It's going to be a shock. It's going to be an adjustment. If we're 20 games into the season, and they've been playing without LeBron and AD the whole time, I'd imagine this Lakers team probably looks a little bit better. I'm not saying they're good. I'm just saying it doesn't look as clunky because they're used to playing without those guys. They're used to Dennis Schroeder having to create shots for others. They're used to... Uh, Thomas Bryant having to play bigger minutes, that, that sort of stuff. So nonetheless, it is still, I think, an indication that you know this team needs some depth. They need more NBA 
quality players, um, or at least rotation level players for a good NBA team in order to get to where they want to go. And I think that you did get some evidence tonight that a lot of these guys just aren't quite that. And again, it, it suggests that a move does need to be made. Hopefully sooner rather than later. But again, right now out on the market, finding sellers is not easy. Finding sellers is not easy on the market right now because so many teams are looking at the play-in and saying, hey, we're not that far off. We're not that far off from being a play-in team and maybe making some noise. We're not ready to part with our players yet. So that's going to be a challenge for the Lakers too. The Lakers would prefer to get something done sooner rather than later. Because sooner you get, you improve your team, the, the more you can rise up the standings. But there's not a lot of teams that are ready to make that kind of move right now to tank. Jillian, if only LeBron can turn into Miami or 2018 LeBron. Well, do you have a DeLorean? Do you have plutonium? Get that thing up to 88 miles per hour. Go back in time. We can go get that guy. If you do, then by all means, let's, let's bust that out. And, uh, and let's go get that version of LeBron if he's out there. Uh, this comment says none Jones in a second for Burks. Okay. So for Alec Burks to the, the Pistons. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's, you, you're getting some shooting there. Beverly in a second for Gary Harris. So Gary Harris uh, for the Orlando magic has a kind of unique contract. Well, not unique, but uh, next year is, is non-guaranteed for him. So the magic did a nice job making sure that they, um, they created sort of a, 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 a an expiring contract without it being a one-year deal. So they did a nice job there, but Gary Harris has been dealing with injury. So, I mean, I think the, the Lakers would want him to get back out on the floor before you're going to go do something like that. But I do like the first part of that. Uh, Alec Burks can at least shoot the ball, might be useful coming off the bench for the Lakers in terms of just providing somebody that can give you some floor spacing. Uh, we saw him come off some curls quite a bit when the Lakers were playing against the Pistons last go round. So I think that that's not a bad idea there. Uh, Beverly in a second for... A shooter is, again, not a bad idea. Gary Harris, I just don't know if he's the guy that uh, that I'd want to target with that. All right, let's see what else we've got going on here. Yeah, a lot of people in the chat not liking the idea of going after Gary Harris. I think the, the, the basic idea of, look, instead of going after... Miles Turner or something and having to give up both first, you go get a couple of shooters, you make more of a minor move and you don't have to give up any first. That may be the, what the Lakers are hoping to get here. Um, can you just add a little bit to this team without having to go all in and give up both those future first? And I don't know that there's going to be a deal out there. I mean, we've talked about the Chicago Bulls, about uh, DeMar DeRozan, about Nikola Vucevic. I don't know that that's going to be on the market for them, even if they, even if that's, the perfect trade, I'm not saying that it is, but even if that's what they really want, I can't say that the Bulls are going to sell those players off, that the Bulls are going to be ready to initiate a tank here. Uh, the Bulls are beating the Wizards. Did they finish? Uh, they're up 111-105 as of this moment with just over a minute to play against the Wizards. Um, the Bulls, they do have some prote protections on their pick, but they would have to really tank in order to keep their draft pick this year. Maybe that's a decision that they make, but it doesn't feel like they're ready to make that choice just yet and go ahead and trade guys like DeMar DeRozan, like Nikola Vucevic. Doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Uh, Justin said, oh boy, 
bring in the fire, said, Bus is a joke. She fires her brother, but there's no reports by Shams or Woj about Palenka being under pressure to improve the team. He ha- he said, since Braun committed to us, we will commit to him. How and when? So I understand the frustration out there. Like we talk about trades, but when's it happening? When is a deal going down? Why isn't it done yet? All of that, right? People are frustrated that, hey, this team needs help. This team is close enough. You've got Anthony Davis. He's putting up MVP numbers. Why don't you improve this team right now? Get it done. Pick up the phone. Make this trade happen. Um, that's just not quite the way things work. The problem is it takes another team. It takes another team saying, yes, we're ready to do it. Now, the Lakers could have traded for Buddy Heald and Miles Turner ahead of media day. It would have cost them both their future first unprotected, and Russell Westbrook wouldn't be on this roster. And you can say they should have made that trade. I've said before I would have done it. Um, but you can say they should have made that trade, and that's fair. However, I think Russ has been better than most of us expected this season. I think he's been overall a positive for the Lakers this season. And so that's got to change your your math when you're looking at things. That's got to change the way that you view the trade front for the Lakers. I think other players that they were looking into around the league have seen their value change as well as the season has gone on. And that was the gamble for the Lakers, was hoping that something better would come along if they waited and they let the dust settle a little bit. Then they've got a better idea of what they have and what they don't have. It's frustrating. It's hard to be patient, but there are some real pros to doing it. There's cons as well. Again, the Western Conference is so compact. If you could get something done right now, you could, I mean, there's plenty of upward mobility in the Western Conference right now. You can make a real run. If you have to wait until the trade deadline, that puts a lot of pressure on you to win a lot of games in the final stretch of the season. That's not really what you want. So again, there's there's pros to waiting, but there's also cons to waiting that you're your opportunity to move up dwindles every single day. I understand there's frustration saying they committed to LeBron. Why haven't they done something? Aside from that Russell Westbrook trade on the night before media day, I don't know how many opportunities they had to get something done that really, really made sense. And as of this moment, it sounds like there isn't something out there that they think makes sense. And you can say maybe they're setting the bar too high by asking for a star if they're going to give up both of those first round picks. But whatever they do, if they're going to give up both those first, it has to be right. It has to be the move that puts them over the top if it's going to cost both of those first because they can't do anything else after that, really. There's nothing big they can do after that. So if you're going to move both those first, you have to be 100% sure that what you're doing is going to take you into being a contending team. And if that's not the case, then you got to stay patient and, and wait. And part of the problem is there's not a lot of teams that are ready to make that kind of move right now. There's just not. There's there's what? There's six teams right now that are tanking? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I'm including OKC and Charlotte. And both of them, I mean, OKC, yeah, organizationally is tanking. Charlotte is kind of by default. They have to, but it's it's really, it's the Pistons. It's the Spurs. It's the Rockets. It's the Magic. That's it. So if you want guys from those teams, great. You could probably get something done right now. But if you want a DeMar DeRozan level player, you might have to wait. If you want a milestone, I don't even know if the Pacers will make a move right now. They just beat the Warriors the other night. Right? I mean, the Lakers had the opportunity to trade for Miles Turner and Buddy Heald ahead of media day. They didn't. The Pacers have been winning. I don't know that that deal's still on the table for them. Now, again, the Pacers, have, there's a lot of things to factor in here. Just 
Do the Pacers want to be the team to pay Miles Turner's next contract? Do the Lakers? How much does he want? There's lots of things that get wrapped up into that discussion. But I don't even know if that's out there. The Utah Jazz have been winning basketball games. So that's part of the problem too. Two of the teams that we said are going to tank and you can get players from these teams, just wait, let it get closer to the trade deadline. They'll feel the pressure to move a guy like Miles Turner who they're not going to resign anyway. And suddenly they're winning games. And they've gone from being tanking teams into teams that might be buyers now on the market. Makes it that much more difficult for the Lakers to make it, make a move. So I know there's frustration. There's people who are saying, get something done, get it done right now, help this team. I just don't think there's quite as many opportunities out there to do something right, right now as we think. I think it may take getting to December 15th, maybe even later for a deal to get done. And that's going to require the current team to just keep their head above water long enough. Uh, again, if there's an opportunity there that's legit and you can get it done a month, like if you can get it done now instead of waiting until January 15th, then you get you got to try to do it. I just don't know if it's there just yet. That's the challenge for the Lakers. That's the challenge. All right, let's see what else we've got here in the chat. Mom mentality. Still believe wings have the upper hand over a small guard. I'm in agreement with you on that. A guard has to be really good to beat a wing. Trade Beverly, Nunn, Dennis, JTA, some second rounders. Go get Kuz, Cam, Mo Harkless, Josh Jackson. If I'm the Wizards, I'm probably wanting a first for Kuzma. See, that's, that's the other problem the Lakers have. What is it they need? They need wings with size and shooting ability that can play switchy defense. 30 NBA teams want that. You ask every team, what is it you want on the trade market? Big wings who can shoot and defend. Every team wants that. That makes it difficult. That means if you're going and you're trying to bring Kyle Kuzma back, it's not going to be easy. You're going to have other teams that are in the mix. So a second probably doesn't get a done for Kyle Kuzma, even on an expiring contract. There's so much scarcity on the wings and the teams who have wings don't want to let them go because they know there's that kind of scarcity that, um, that it becomes really difficult for the Lakers to find the right deal. That said, if you can get Kuzma, you can get Cam Reddish, I'm sure. If you can find a way to get all that done, do a first and a second. If you can get those guys, great. Um, Dennis, I would not move. I would hang on to him. I think if you eventually want to do a, a, a Russell Westbrook trade, which maybe you do down the line, but Dennis Schroeder is not a guy that I'm moving because I think that he's a solid value for what he brings. Um, I'm certainly not letting go of Dennis to go sign Mo Harkless. I think Dennis is the more talented player right now. Uh, Josh Jackson, same thing. JTA, you can argue he hasn't really been part of the rotation much anyway. So you could argue Mo Harkless versus JTA. You could argue Josh Jackson versus JTA. I would just stick with JTA there. But if you want to go with just the first two guys, if you could flip Patrick Beverly and Kendrick Nunn and turn them into Kyle Kuzma and Cam Reddish somehow, yeah, no, no problems with that. I would, I would do that in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat, I would, I would definitely do that. I'm seeing some people in the chat saying they're they're sick of talking about potential trades and everything. I know it's what's out there right now, but it's also like, let's be real. If this team doesn't make a trade, what's the ceiling? What's the ceiling for this team if they don't make a trade? They can make a push. They can get into the play-in. Maybe they can get through the play-in tournament, right? AD, if he's playing like a monster, they can get through the play-in. They can become a playoff team. But then what's your ceiling? LeBron and AD go nuts in the playoffs, but they don't have the shooting around them that they need. 
The roster is imbalanced with too many guards. Best case, maybe you're getting to the second round. That's your ceiling if you don't get something. And I'm talking, that's, that's best case, right? This team's not a championship contender as presently constructed. So when we talk about like all these different trades and things, it's because you have to do something if you're going to get there. And I'm not saying a trade turns them into a championship contending team because that's not necessarily the case. Not saying that there's a deal out there that just is the, the magic wand and fixes everything. There might not be. There might not be. But if you keep things, if you keep the status quo, you can make a run, but you can't make the run. Not with this roster as it's presently constructed. You're not going to make that run. You're not going to make the run up the standings like you'd want. You're not going to make the playoff run like you'd want if you had a balanced roster. That was Look, this team... We've been sending it since July. This team is screaming for a trade. This team was built for a trade, right? Initially, it was put together for a Russell Westbrook trade. We heard all about that with, with Dennis Schroeder. Wasn't going to be brought in until Russ was traded. Like, that was the plan, was trade Russ, bring in Schroeder, off you go. They weren't able to trade Russell Westbrook. They brought in Schroeder anyway, knowing that at some point, they're going to have to make a move because you've got too many guards. You just have too many guards on the roster. You don't have enough wings. You can argue you don't have enough bigs. Um, you need to balance things out and you need to add some specific skill sets in order to really unlock the rest of this roster. And so until you do that, your upside is just so limited with this team as presently constructed. Now they can still go and win some games. You can beat the Bucs, right? If AD is going berserk and he's scoring 55 points, you can win games, right? You can win games, but come playoff time, you've got to have a better constructed, more balanced roster. And the only way, you're not going to do it in free agency right now. The only way you're going to get that done is on the trade market. So that's why all of these discussions come up so much. It's because there's an understanding that that's the only chance the Lakers have is to make a trade, right? Otherwise, you cheer them on and you hope they make the playoffs. You hope they make a run. Hope they get into the second round, make some noise, and then they can do some stuff next summer with some cap space, with the picks they'll have available, and then they can regroup, right? That's that's really the, what you're hoping for for this season if they don't make a move midseason. But I think this team has shown enough to say, you know what? It's, it's worth it. If there's something there right now, go get it done. Go get it done and give this team a real shot. So there's a lot riding on the trade market, and that's why, and in particular, after a game like tonight where... Like Lakers didn't play LeBron, didn't play AD, didn't didn't see a whole lot against the the Raptors. We're we're gonna kind of turn to trades and talk to talk about other stuff because there's not a lot to break down from this game here. Um, I will get into some of. <laughs> Somebody said we should sign Pau Gasol and Sean Davis. Don't think that would would get the job done. Don't think that would get to get the job done there. Um, some of the stats, though, from this game, just to go over some of what this team did tonight. Uh, you did get 16 out of Thomas Bryant, five boards, 10 of 10 from the free throw line for him. The Lakers shot 91% from the free throw line. That was the only thing that really kept this somewhat close was the Lakers getting to the free throw line 35 times. Did a nice job there. Dennis Schroeder, 18 points, five boards on five of 10 shooting, seven of seven at the free throw line. Again, free throw shooting was great for the Lakers tonight. Three assists for him. Austin Reeves, not a great shooting night. Uh, one for six from three. Three-point shot has kind of gone missing for him last couple of games. But one for six from three, three assists, 10 points, 
12 for Lonnie Walker, another poor shooting night from him as well. You really needed Reeves and Walker shooting well. We said the same thing last night after the loss to the Cavs. In order to stick in this game, you needed Reeves and Walker both to have really good shooting nights, and they just didn't. They combined three for 13 for three. Um, yeah, they were, what, nine for 28 from the field? That's that's not going to get it done. So poor shooting nights from them. Second poor shooting night in a row from that duo. Hopefully better days are ahead. I would imagine better days are ahead for both of them. Russ, nine boards, four assists, one steal, 16 points. Didn't have five turnovers. 15 for Kendrick Nunn, plus three steals, six of 13 shooting, two for two from the free throw line uh, for Kendrick. So he did get the scoring going a little bit there. Max Christie, who played, I believe played yesterday, the South Bay Lakers, uh, came in 13 minutes, got some experience out there. So that was good to see. Troy Brown, a uh, little bit sloppy in this one. Eight points, four boards, two turnovers. Just felt like his handle was a little bit off. Um, 23 minutes. I really expected to see more minutes out of Troy Brown, and I was surprised he wasn't in the starting lineup that was JTA instead, which suggests that Darvin is sticking with Troy Brown coming off the bench and not being in the starting lineup. Um, typically, when coaches do something like that, it's because they don't want to disrupt their bench unit too much when you see a third-string guy like JTA, move up to the starting lineup uh, when you've got other players out. And so maybe that suggests that Troy Brown is indeed going to continue to come off the bench moving forward here for the Lakers. Um, he's just been in kind of a weird stretch where he hasn't been playing quite, quite as well as the beginning of the season. Hopefully he gets back into the swing of things, back into the groove as the season goes along. Uh, Panther said Austin Reeves is overrated. He got exposed tonight. Look, Austin had a rough game last night defensively, I thought. Um, Austin's still an extremely talented player. I don't think that he's being exposed or overrated or, or whatever. Um, he's the kind of guy who's at his best when he's playing alongside good players and he can just focus on doing the little things. Um, Alex Caruso esque in that way, even though they're not the same player, they get compared a lot, but they're not the same player. Um, but Austin is a very good player. He's a very good player. Uh, again, tonight, last night, we're not his best showings, uh, in terms of efficiency, but we've seen much better from him throughout the season. So I'm going to trust the much larger sample size of what we've seen throughout the season from him over a tough two game stretch on a back-to-back -back here where you've been missing star players and, and all of that. All right, let's see what else we've got here. Jarrell says none to the Sixers, JTA Jones, Beverly, and two seconds to the Spurs. Hurdle and Richardson and Thibel to the Lakers. I don't think the Sixers are giving up Thibel for none. Um, as far as the JTA Jones Beverly two seconds to the Spurs for Pirtle and Richardson. So I don't know how legit these rumors are, but there were so take this with a giant grain of salt. But there were rumors that came out today that the Spurs essentially are okay with keeping Yaka Pirtle and paying him on his next contract. And their asking price for him on the trade market is two firsts. The asking price for Josh Richardson is one first. The asking, asking price for uh, Doug McDermott is one first. And they are perfectly fine keeping all of these guys if their asking price isn't met and they're totally happy with them. And they think the Yaka Pirtle would fit great next to Victor Wembanyama. Um, yeah, it reads like it's basically coming straight from the Spurs and it's a lot of it sounds like Spurs posturing. So again, take it all with a grain of salt, but here's the thing. If there is any shred of truth to that, if that, if the Spurs have that in stone, 
Pirtle will not be traded unless we get two firsts. Then there's no deal for Jakob Pirtle. Nobody's doing that. I can't imagine. Maybe if those are heavily protected firsts, maybe. Otherwise, you're not getting that done. I, I can't imagine anybody giving up a first for Josh Richardson himself, by himself. Can't imagine anybody giving up a first for Doug McDermott by himself. Um, again, maybe if you want to get into heavily protected picks or something, then you can get it where you can call it a first, but it's really kind of a fake first and it's more like a couple of seconds. Um, I'm not I, I'm not worried too much about this because this time of year, there's a lot of posturing that gets out there. And of course, there's going to be any kind of trade negotiation. You want to start high so you can negotiate down from there. Um, but if there's any validity to the Spurs really wanting those things, and if the if they're going to say, we either get this or we're just keeping them, then the Spurs are off the trade market, essentially. Because again, I, I can't imagine anybody, certainly not the Lakers, giving up that kind of value for those players. And I like Jakob Pertle a lot. Um, I think he's a very good player. But yeah, I can't imagine the Spurs doing it. So if, if that's really what they want, then this, there's no chance they're going to accept two seconds for Pertle and Richardson uh, with expiring contracts. I, I think that's, if that was on the table, the Lakers do that in a heartbeat. Let's, let's put it that way. This one says, uh, Beverly, Damian Jones, a first round pick and Max for Turner. None in seconds for Cam. Westbrook and a first round pick for Rogier, Ubre, and PJ. Save the last roster spot for the buyout market. Okay, so in total, you've got Patrick Beverly going out. Patrick Beverly, Damian Jones, Max Christie, Russ, and both first-round picks, and you're returning, oh, and none, and you're returning Miles Turner, Terry Rozier, Cam Reddish, Kelly Oubre, P.J. Washington. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of that, that would be the kind of return you'd be looking for, right? If you could get that done, you'd feel pretty good, right? I mean, you would have basically completely remade your whole roster, adding Rozier, adding Oubre, adding Washington, those guys on the wings, Plus, you get Turner. Um, I'm still not totally sold on moving AD to the four for the majority of his minutes. You could stagger him and Turner, but I don't know if that's necessarily what you want to do. It's something to, to discuss. I still like the idea of Turner and AD next to each other, but AD's just been so good at the center. I'm a little bit reluctant to break up that rhythm. But yeah, if you can get something like that, that's probably the kind of package that would be worth giving up both first-round picks for because you're getting so much firepower with Rozier, Oubre, PJ Washington and Turner all coming in there. Um, yeah, that's, that's interesting. You'd have to get, I don't know defensively aside from Turner and then Rogier has not shot the ball well this year. So you'd also have to be convinced that that's going to come back around because he's got a long-term deal. A lot of money still left on that, but a lot of talent there too. A lot of talent there too. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This one says Lou Dort, Kenrich Williams for Beverly Nunn in the first, January 15th. Potentially, from what we heard recently, was that the the uh, Thunder really don't want to move Kenrich Williams. They really like him. He likes being there, and they would prefer not to move him. But if a first was offered up, maybe they consider doing it, and that gives you a couple of wings. So that's interesting. That's interesting as well. Kenrich Williams there. Uh, and you can say that's not worth a first. Yeah, it's questionable. Again, you're getting two wing players, though, which is something that you need. We'll see. We'll see there. But... From here, let's talk a little bit about where the Lakers go now. So now, the Lakers have got to go to Philly and try to get a win. Try to get a win in Philly. Try to go 4-2 and two here on this road trip. Embiid, that's going to be a challenge to deal with. You have to cross your fingers and hope that Anthony Davis is okay for that game because he's going to be critical to play in that one. Then you're going to be dealing with James Harden. Tyrese Maxey is out, and he is a very good player. Um, so you don't have to deal with him there. You got to watch out uh, for Tobias Harris, who has had some big games against the Lakers in the past, and he will probably be matched up with LeBron. LeBron should be good to go for that one. Uh, was out dealing with the well, they called it the ankle injury. By the way, people ask all the time, why is LeBron always on the injury report? Why is, why is AD always on the injury report? For games like this, right? So when the Lakers want to sit LeBron on the second night of back-to-back, they can go, well, it's his ankle. See, his ankle, look, he's been on the injury report. His ankle keeps bugging him, and it just got bad overnight, and so we're, we're going to sit him for this one. That's, this is part of why, right? Why he's constantly on the injury report. It's not necessarily that he's not going to play in the game. So you can look back and you can say, see, we've been reporting it all along. The ankle's been bugging him. We're going to sit him out for this game. It's not just us deciding to rest him, even though we know what's going on there. Um, but now they've got to go into Philly, see if they can get a win. And then you really got to take care of business against Detroit. That's one of those games where you have to get the win because that's what's presented to you. An opportunity to win a game is being presented to you against one of the weaker teams. Remember, they only play Houston three times this year. They only play OKC three times this year. That's unfortunate for the Lakers because that's two games potentially that should be, nothing's set in stone, but should be wins and you don't get to play those teams. Um, instead, you're going to play somebody else, probably somebody better. So anytime you have an opportunity against a team that is tanking, you need to lock up that win, bank it and move on. So getting the win against Detroit is going to be really important. And if you can get a win in Philly, then you feel really good coming off the road trip. I will do one more here. Fernando says, Lonnie is great, but if we keep Russ and Schroeder, it's too much skill overlap. We probably lose him next season anyway. Shouldn't we sell high and get a great package back for him now? Well, another team's going to be in the same situation. They're not going to have his bird rights if they trade for him. So if he's good, then they've got to be a team that has cap space so you can pay him next year and you have to be willing to pay him what he wants. So that's also a complicating factor. You don't get bird rights with him um, on this Lonnie Walker deal. But big picture, yeah, you're still right in that if the Lakers ultimately decide that moving him will net them what they need to go contend, then maybe you do it. Now, I think Lonnie's been good. Uh, wasn't hasn't been good in the last two games, but I think overall he's been good. 
And I think that if they have cap space, there's a chance for them to keep him. If they don't have cap space, there's a chance for them to keep him using a mid-level exception to hang on to him. So it wouldn't surprise me if the Lakers were looking at Lonnie as potentially a long-term piece for them, and that would prohibit them from trading him. But at the same time, with the risk of losing him for nothing in the summer out there, if a deal comes along that you think is going to turn you into a contender and it's going to cost Lonnie Walker, of course, you go ahead and you do, you do it. You make the move and you go from there because there is that risk that some team comes in and offers him $15 million per season or something um, this summer and then the Lakers aren't in a position where they can really pay him that and still build out the rest of your roster. All right, everybody. Let's wrap things up there. Not a super eventful night for the Lakers in this, this game against the Raptors. So many players out. But I do appreciate you guys coming in and joining me as well as listening to the podcast version of this. We will be back live on playback for the game against Philly on Friday. So hopefully you join us for that one. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.